Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the strong faith of Job, as we pick up in Job chapter 23, verse 8. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. It's like he comes out on the mountain for a moment and just bursts forth in glory and then jumps right back down in the hole. And so all of a sudden he comes out on the mountain. He said, but he knoweth the way that I take. I can't find him. I can't see him. But he knows the way that I take. And when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Deep down underneath, there is a strong faith that is keeping this man. Now, he's having great difficulties because he can't understand his problem. But down underneath, the faith is rooted. The guy is unshakable because down deep, deep, deep inside, there are certain basic things. I know that God knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I'm going to come forth like gold. God has a purpose. I'm going to come out of it. I'm going to come out of it purified. Perhaps Peter was thinking of Job when he wrote, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which are to try you as though some strange thing has happened unto you knowing that the trial of your faith is more precious than gold, though it perisheth when it is tried in the fire. Peter speaks of the refining process of God, whereby the impurities are removed. And so Job is looking at all of this as really just a work of removal of the impurities. And when I come forth, I'm going to be like gold. I'm going to be refined by this process of God in my life. My foot hath held his steps, his way have I kept, and I've not declined. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. Now, this is interesting because it indicates that, number one, way back at this time, there was the written word of God. Even in the time of Job, who was perhaps a contemporary to Moses or lived earlier, maybe. But even at that time, they had words that were esteemed to be the word of God. I esteemed his word more than my necessary food. How much value do you put on the word of God? You see, there is the natural man, there is the spiritual man. Those that are born again are both. (laughs) And that's where the rub comes in. The spirit is lusting against the flesh, the flesh against the spirit. These two are contrary. A warfare going on. Now, I see to it that my natural man is fed regularly and fed well. Now, I will admit, I do put some junk in him. But basically, I seek to watch my diet. 
that is not diet in the sense, that is the food that I eat. I, I don't limit it, but I just watch it. <laughs> I like the whole grain breads. I like a balanced meal. Things of this nature. I want to make sure that I put the proper fuel in this system so that it'll keep running well. Now, though I am extremely careful of how I feed my natural man, it's amazing how careless I am in feeding the spiritual man. And it's amazing how much junk food people cram down the spiritual man. Diets that really cannot be healthy bring spiritual anemia. But not Job. He said, I consider thy word more than my necessary food. It's more important for me to feed on the word of God than it is to feed on steak and potatoes. It would be important if each of us had that same attitude towards the spiritual food in the spiritual man, that we would be interested in feeding the spiritual man. Now, there's only one thing that really feeds the spiritual man, and that is this word of God. This is food to the spiritual man. You need to feed on it. And Job said, I've esteemed your word more than my necessary food. But now he jumps back down into his despair. But he is in one mind. Who can turn him? What his soul desires, that he does. For he performs the thing that is appointed for me, and many such things are with him. Therefore, I am troubled at his presence. When I consider these things, I'm afraid of him. For God has made my heart soft, and the Almighty troubles me, because I was not cut off before the darkness, neither hath he covered the darkness from my face. Now, why, seeing the times are not hidden from the Almighty, do they that know him not see his days. Some, now you've accused me of these things, but there are some that remove the landmarks and violently take away another man's flocks. And they drive away the ass of the fatherless. They take the widow's ox for a pledge. They turn the needy out of the way. The poor of the earth, they hide themselves together. Behold, as the wild asses in the desert, they go forth to their work, rising betimes for a prey. The wilderness yields food for them and for their children. They reap every one his corn in the field, and they gather the vintage of the wicked. They cause the naked to lodge without clothing. They have no covering for the cold. They are wet with the showers of the mountains and embrace the rock for the want of a shelter. They pluck the fatherless from the breast. They take a pledge for the of the poor. They cause him to go naked without clothing, and they take away the sheaf from the hungry, which make oil within their walls and tread their wine presses, and, and they suffer thirst. They allow others to go thirsty. Men groan from out of the city, and the soul of the wounded cries out, yet God lays not folly to them. They're doing these horrible things, but they are those that rebel against the light. And they know not the ways thereof, nor abide in the paths thereof. The murderer rising with the light kills the poor, and the needy in the night is as a thief. The eye also of the adulterer waits for twilight, saying, No one will see me, and he disguises his face. And in the dark they dig through houses which they have marked in the daytime, 
and they know not the light, for the morning is to them even as the shadow of death. If one knows them, they are in terrors of the shadow of the death. They, they do all their dirty work at night. They won't go out in the daytime. It's fearful for them to go out in the light. As Jesus said, men love darkness rather than light because their deeds are evil. He is swift as the waters. Their portion is cursed in the earth. He beholds not the way of the vineyards. Drought and heat consume the snow waters. So doth the grave those which have sinned. The womb shall forget him and the worm shall feed sweetly on him. As your body is decaying there in the ground, he shall be no more remembered. The wickedness shall be broken as a tree. He evil entreateth the barren that bears not and does not good to the widow and so forth. So Bildad has added, I mean, he really doesn't have much more to say to Job. The fact that all of the guys are sort of just phasing out at this point. They, they really can't argue much against Job's logic. He, he really has pretty much proved his case. Then answered Bildad the Shuhite and said, concerning God, dominion and fear are with him. He makes peace in his high places. Is there any number of his armies, and upon whom doth not his light arise? How then can man be justified with God? Job, you've been trying to justify yourself before God. But how can man be justified with God? I would like to suggest to you that man cannot be justified with God apart from the work of Jesus Christ. It's not possible that a just God can forgive sins apart from Jesus Christ. We'll go into that someday as we deal with the problems of the Christian life. We don't have time tonight. Or how can he be clean that is born of a woman? The moon shines not. Yea, the stars are not pure in his, in his sight. How much less man that is a worm and the son of man which is a worm. So Job answers now this little saying of Bildad. It's his third and final answer to Job and it's really nothing. Job answered and said, How have you helped him that is without power? How can you save me with an arm that has no strength? How have you counseled him who has no wisdom? How have you really declared the thing as it really is? To whom have you uttered your words? And whose spirit came from you? Dead things are formed from under the waters and the inhabitants thereof. Hell is naked before him, and destruction hath no covering. He stretched out the north over an empty place and hangs the earth upon nothing. Interesting statement indeed in that Job is one of the oldest books in the Bible, probably as old as the book of Genesis, maybe even older. It could have been written before Genesis. And Job declares that God hangs the earth upon nothing. Now compare that with the scientific theories of those days. The men of science in those days, the wise men, had drawn pictures of the earth being held up by an elephant. 
Now, I don't know what he was standing on. <laughs> or Atlas holding up the earth. But Job declares he hung it on nothing. Interesting indeed. He binds up the waters in the thick clouds, and the clouds do not tear under them. Now, how much water is contained in a cloud? And, and Job says, hey, he's got all, those, all that water bound up in the cloud, and yet the cloud doesn't tear. Yet there's not much substance to a cloud. You can run your hand right through it. But yet he can hold all that water there in the cloud. He holds back the face of his throne and spreads his cloud upon it. He has compassed the waters with bounds, the oceans. He has set the boundaries for the oceans until the day and the night come to an end. The pillars of heaven tremble and are astonished at his reproof. He divides the sea with his power, and by his understanding he smites through the proud. And by his spirit he has garnished the heavens. His hand hath formed the crooked serpent. Lo, these are parts of his ways, but how little a portion is heard of him but the thunder of his power, who can understand? Job continued his answer, and he said, As God lives, who has taken away my judgment, and the Almighty, who has vexed my soul, all the while my breath is in me, and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils, my lips shall not speak wickedness, nor my tongue utter deceit. God forbid that I should justify you. Till I die, I will not remove mine integrity from me. My righteousness I hold fast. I'll not let it go. My heart shall not reproach me as long as I live. Job is now just had it with these guys. He said, look, I don't care what you say. As long as there is a breath in my mouth, I'm going to maintain my own integrity. My lips are not going to utter deceit. I'm not going to say I'm a sinner just to please you. God forbid that I should justify your speeches, the things that you are saying. Till I die, I will not deny or remove mine integrity from me. For my righteousness I hold fast. I'll not let it go. My heart shall not reproach me as long as I live. Now, this is Job's response to his friends. Next week, you'll see Job's response to God. Quite different. Which shows to me an interesting thing. I think that it is a mistake for us to try to bring our friends under conviction. I think that oftentimes we are in the position of trying to make a person feel guilty. Aren't you sorry for what you've done? That's horrible. You know, and what is the response to that? It is the justifying of myself. I don't want you laying some guilt trip on me, you hypocrite. You've done just as bad, you see, and I'm going to justify myself. I'm, you know, I'm not going to let others lay guilt trips on me. I don't like that. I resent that. And here these guys are trying to make Job guilty. Oh, you know, you've done all these horrible things. He said, hey, I'm not going to justify you. I hold fast my integrity, my righteousness. I maintain it. But when God began to speak, it was a different story. 
which tells me that rather than trying to make people feel guilty for what they have done or what they are doing, it would be better that we just ask God to reveal himself to them. And the conscious effect of God's revelation is always that of the revelation of myself to me. When I see me in God's light, then I cry, woe is me, for I am a sinful man. I see then my own wickedness. I, 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 and, and Job, when God, when he, God revealed himself, then Job cried out for forgiveness. Different story. So we need to take a, a lesson from this. Rather than building resentment by trying to make people feel guilty for what they have done, best that we just pray and ask God to bring the conviction of his spirit upon their hearts. God, reveal yourself, your righteousness to them, that they might see themselves in your light. And that will bring about a dramatic change of attitude. Whereas all of my endeavors will only create resentment and only cause the person to become more solidified in his position, maintaining his innocence and so forth. So Job's friends were totally unsuccessful in all of their arguments. Let my enemy be as the wicked and he that rises up against me as the unrighteousness. For what is the hope of the hypocrite, though he has gained? when God takes away his soul? Good question. What is the hope of the wicked man, though he has gained the whole world, when God takes away his own soul? Jesus said, what should it profit a man if he gained the whole world and loses his own soul? Basically, that's what Job said. Jesus was sort of reiterating what Job had said, just put it in different terms. What reward is there to the hypocrite if he gains everything when God takes away his soul? What's left then? Will God hear his cry when trouble comes upon him? Will he delight himself in the Almighty? Will he always call upon God? I will teach you by the hand of God that which is with the Almighty will I not conceal. Behold, all ye yourselves have seen it. Why then are you, are you altogether vain? You've seen these things. You know they're true. How come you're so empty? This is the portion of a wicked man with God and the heritage of oppressors which they shall receive of the Almighty. If his children be multiplied, it is for the sword. If the offspring shall not be satisfied with bread, those that remain of him shall be buried in death and his widows shall not weep. Though he heap up silver as dust and prepare raiment as the clay, he may prepare it, but the just shall put it on, and the innocent shall divide the silver. In other words, he's never going to be able to enjoy it. You may lay up for yourself great wealth, but who's going to spend it? When you die, whose is it going to be? You're not going to take it with you. Now, Job sees the place of the wicked and the place of the hypocrite. They, they were more or less accusing Job, hey, you're, you know, you're saying that the hypocrite and the wicked have it great. Job says, no, you misunderstand me. You know as well as I know that their day is coming 
I'm not saying that that's the way to live. I know what the end of that kind of a life is. I'm not advocating that lifestyle. Because they're going to get cut off. They're going to lose it all. They're going to get wiped out. He may prepare it, but someone else is going to put it on. The innocent will divide the silver. He builds his house as, as a moth and as a booth that the keeper makes. The rich man shall lie down, but he shall not be gathered. He opens his eyes, and he is not. Terrors take hold on him as waters. The tempest steals him away in the night, and the east wind carries him away, and he departs as a storm hurls him out of his place. For God shall cast upon him and not spare. He would fain flee out of his hand. Men shall clap their hands at him and shall hiss him out of his place. Now, Job said, turning now to a, a different vein of thought, he, he said, now, there are places where gold is discovered and silver is discovered and iron and brass. Men dig the shafts, they follow the vein of gold and so forth, and, and they mine these things out of the earth. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse -verse Bible study in the book of Job on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Job 23 through 28 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of The Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse -verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. Now may the Lord be with you. And may the Lord watch over you and keep you. May the Lord cause you to abound in every good work for Jesus Christ, that you might become more keenly aware of his presence with you and his power to help you. May God bless you. May you have just a fruitful, blessed week walking with Jesus Christ. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. I'd like to tell you about a book written by Chuck Smith entitled Living Water. In this book, Pastor Chuck explains how God has the power to change your life through His Holy Spirit. This book will help you to understand how the Holy Spirit works in your life, covering such topics as who is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? What are the gifts of the Spirit? And how should I respond? 
It's Pastor Chuck's desire that by God's grace and through this book, the Lord will develop in you a hunger and thirst for the things after the Spirit that will help you come into a deep and personal relationship with Him so that your life will be transformed. To find out more and to read a book preview, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link to download Living Water by Chuck Smith. Or if you would like to order this book in print, call The Word for Today at 800-272-WORD. That's 800-272-9673.